of manipulate your viewpoint, and you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Well, in the same context, the enemy does the same thing. He has a way of kind of manipulating our viewpoint while he's doing all this underwork behind the scenes because he wants to trip us up, he wants us to fail, he wants us to fall, and all that stuff. And so the title of my message today is called Spectator. Yeah, Speck. Spectator. And we're going to come out of Matthew chapter uh, 7. We're going to read verse 1 through 5. Uh, but before we get there, I just want to highlight the verse that, that we're kind of, we've kind of, um, this whole series has been kind of founded on. That's 1 Corinthians chapter two, uh, 2, verse 11, which says, In order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are unaware of his schemes. And so that's what this whole thing is, is us not being outwitted by the enemy. Matthew chapter 7. It's going to be on the screens. You got your Bible today? Anybody bring their Bible? Anybody turning there on their smartphones? I love you version. Download that app, please. It is incredible. It's really awesome. All right, we're going to read this together. You ready? Let me just go ahead and point out this first before we start reading. This first verse is the most um, misquoted verse in the entire Bible. Before we get into this. It's the most misquoted, out of context, misquoted verse. But we're going to go into it. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 through 5 says, Judge not that you <laughs> be not judged. For with the judgment, see, we forget about this part. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So everyone wants to say, don't judge, don't judge, don't judge. But in the measure you judge, you're going to be judged. Why do you see the speck? There it is. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is within your own eye? Now, I can, now I'm a picture person. I can already imagine Jesus. He's already teaching in parables, which means short stories. And I can just imagine Jesus, he's out there and he's teaching his disciples. And if you don't know anything about the context of who he was speaking to, he was speaking to shepherds and he's speaking to farmers and he's speaking to carpenters. And I could see Jesus as he's getting ready to, to share this uh, teaching. I can see him grabbing an object illustration. Now, I was a kid's pastor for a number of years, and I know that you need visuals to keep people's attention, right? I'm a vi visual person, and if, if you don't have something that's going to, like, kind of keep my eyes, I'm going to, we've got this, this, this little device that'll, that'll grab our attention. So I can just almost see Jesus talking to his disciples and looking over, maybe snatching a, step, a shepherd's staff. This is just my speculation. Say speculation. speculation. Okay, we don't really know. You know, if he's teaching in parables, I can already see Jesus being creative in his teaching. He says, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log in your own? I can see Jesus already just kind of like throwing that shepherd's staff right up on his eye. Next verse here. Verse 4. Or how can you say to my brother, let me take the speck out of your eye. <laughs> When all this time there was a log in your own. I mean, can you imagine, like, trying to go up to people and be like, hey, hey, yo, hey, 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 Jeremy, hey, man. Um, bro, you got something in your eye, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, dude, like, hold on, man. Everybody, look. He's got something in his eyes right there. Look. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous, right? 
and, and that's kind of like the picture of what he's, of what he's trying to, to tell us here is that he's like, why are you like so focused on the little minute uh, thing that is in your brother's eye and not worrying about what's in your own life, what's in your own eye? And then he says these words. I'm telling you, when he says these words, these are the words we do not want to hear, right? You hypocrite. He says, you hypocrite. First, he didn't say, you know what, you're, you're not supposed to take specks out of people's eyes. He says, first, say first, first, right? First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And so it isn't that God doesn't want us to help people. It isn't that God doesn't want us to, you know, if you've got somebody that you trust, somebody that you love, somebody that you have a relationship with, and they've got, they've got a, a severe uh, an area in their life that is really out of, out of balance or that's out of order, for you to gently, with love, let me say that again, gently, with love, say that with me, church, let's all say it together, gently, with love, say, hey, man, how can I help you out in this area? I see you're struggling, right? Like you've got this drug addiction or, or whatever, you know, whatever, you know, hey, you're, 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 you're struggling in your marriage, how can I help you? Right? How can, I, how can I be like, man, let me help you out with, with your marriage, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to yell, yell and scream at my wife. Right? That's, what, like, like something like, that's, what, that's what's hypocritical. It's like, oh, man, let me counsel you through your marriage, and then my marriage is in shambles. Or, hey, let me, let me help you with this anger issue, and yet I'm the one getting ready to go and scream at my kids. And so it, it, isn't, that, it isn't that we don't have issues. It's, it's that we are, are, it's so easy for us as people to want to point at other, everyone else and not do the work ourselves. And we're going to get into that in just a bit. You guys still with me? Yep. All right, I'll get rid of my Donatello stick here. I mean, it'd be Moses' staff, Donatello, whatever. Whatever you want to call it. Okay. I'm convinced that the most critical people are the ones who have the underlying issues in their own life, and it's easier to spectate others than to deal with their own issues. The people that I believe are the most critical of others. I mean, it's interesting to me. Uh, my wife and I have, have uh, t- discussed this uh, because, you know, we do a lot of counseling, because we do uh, a lot of, you know, we're, we're investing in people's lives. Uh, some of the people that put on the best pictures on Facebook are the ones that have the most internal turmoil happening in their own home. Right, because we want everyone to think everything's picturesque and perfect and stuff. And I'm not saying, you know, I mean, it's just it is what it is. I mean, we don't, you know, we're not sitting there judging people or whatever. But but we just see this picture, like, isn't that interesting? Like, like your marriage looks amazing. You're doing all these things, but we were just discussing how your marriage is falling apart. Right? You see what I'm saying? Like, and and so I'm I'm saying all this to say, and then you know, we have to be, man. I, I go, I'm like, why are we so critical? Like, why are we so? Why are we so quick to jump on? telling somebody about themselves or, tell, or telling somebody about how they can do it better or how they're doing something wrong. Social media is filled with self-righteous people. Say self-righteous. self-righteous. Does anybody know what that term is? What's self-righteous? What is that? Yeah, come on. You look good in your own eyes, right? Like, I've got no flaws. It's amazing to me that we want to judge people in their actions, but we want others to judge us by our intentions or our heart. God knows my heart. But, what, <laughs> but you're judging other people's actions, but you want them to judge you by your intentions. And this, it's, this, it's this whole thing where Jesus said, you hypocrite, you know? So it's, so it's, it's not that, that, like, you're the hypocrite. It's like, we can be very hypocritical. Say this. Say, I can be. I can be. And then you fill in the blank. 
Yeah, I'm not going to make you say that. Social media is filled with self-righteous people. They will straight condemn someone for assumed wrongdoings without dealing with their own wrongdoings. For example, I don't know how many of you guys have ever watched The Chosen. I've just seen this here recently in the last few months. Anybody here watch The Chosen? Okay, The Chosen, I mean, what an amazing ministry, right? I mean, I mean, this, this, this guy, Dallas, has, has given his life. I mean, all these people have given their life to, to, to putting on this performance to give us a, a modern-day picture of what Christ and, and life as the disciples might look like. And there's people that would say, well, it's not biblically accurate. He wasn't supposed to be, right? He wasn't doing a word-for-word translation, visual Bible. They've already made those, right? And, so, I mean, so, so you got people that are like that. And then, I mean, then I just saw, I saw something where, where they were like, um, he's quoting the Book of Mormon. It's like, Really? And the latest one is, he supports, he supports uh, Pride Month. I'm like, what? Like, what is wrong with these people? Like, why are you out here, like, feeling like you have to bash somebody? Like, what's wrong with it? What's wrong with all this? Like, why are you, like, you're looking for all of the little things where somebody isn't fitting into your mold, and then you want to just go out and blast people? How many of us know that God uniquely designed us and created us very differently? Come on, someone. And if people, I remember when the Lord told me this years ago, he told me, Josh, you're not called to make disciples of Josh. You're called to make disciples of Christ. So if people, if they don't, (laughs) come on someone, if they're not looking like me, if they're not talking like me, if they're not praying like me, if they're not speaking like me, that's fine. We got, we got enough, we got enough, we got one and only Joy Hester in the world and we don't need more of those. One and only. (laughs) <laughs> you want you want you want a little secret in your marriage drive separately to church <laughs> well we usually do that because i try to get here earlier but we've been doing it for years that's why we never fight before church on sunday <laughs> friends there will always be sand ballots and tobias that oppose what god is doing in our life or what we're doing or what we're trying to do right if you don't know who those guys are, they were the ones who opposed Nehemiah. Okay, he was trying to build the wall. He was trying to reestablish all this. And you have these people on the outside, and they're critical, and they're, and they're, and they're trying to stop him, and, and they're spreading all these rumors and gossip and all this other stuff. And they just kept their, their, their heart and mind straight, just kept doing what they're focused on. Sometimes you just got to ignore them. That's a hard thing today, right? Because we're told that, you know, if you don't confront them, then you're, you're a chump or you're a sucker or whatever. Sometimes you just got to ignore them. I mean, I, I tell my, my kids, I've been telling them for years, like, like, are those words over you, are they really that powerful? Like, really, like, what they have to say, does that mean that much that's going to damage your life? Don't give them power over you. Don't let those words have power over you. Come on, someone. There's always going to be people like that. So the scripture, so we're talking about being a spectator, which is a person that is watching other people's specs. And (laughs) now the Bible does tell us to watch. It does. Okay. We're called to watch. Well, what are the things that we're called to watch? I can say the very first thing that we're called to watch. What are we called to watch? The scripture says that we are to watch our own life. Watch it. Come on. Watch that tongue. Come on. Watch our own life. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, it says, watch your life. It says, and doctrine. Doctrine has to do with your teaching, like what you believe, like your, your values of, of, you know, your life and, you know, spiritual stuff. 
It says, watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Now, it doesn't say watch your neighbor closely. Does it say watch your brother closely? Does it say watch your sister closely? It says watch your life. So if, you, if, you're, if you're giving the primary uh, of, your, of your attention on growth on yourself, instead of like trying to fix everyone else, not that there isn't a place for that. If you're watching yourself, it says you're going to save yourself. You'll save yourself because, because the trap is, is you don't watch your life and then your life starts getting out of order, but you're still trying to help other people. And then the trap is, and then you can't be saved yourself. You're trying to save other people, right? Watch your own life. Galatians kind of gives us the same thing here again. In Galatians chapter six, verse one, it says, brothers, if any is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of what? Gentleness. Wow. It says, keep watch on your family members. Keep watch on your dog. Keep watch on your pastor. Keep watch on your social media friends. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Watch yourself. There's a, there's a song. Isn't there an old 70s song? It's like, watch yourself. Isn't that like a... <laughs> Come on, they put it in the song, right? It doesn't say, watch your neighbor. It says, watch yourself. Come on, I know y'all heard that. Come on. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's all that's coming to mind at this time. Sorry, I was an 80s boy. I was an 80s kid. 70s was like right, right before my time. So what are we to watch, friends? Number one, we're called to watch ourselves. Look at your neighbor and say, watch yourself. <laughs> Come on, add a, little, add a little flair to it. Say, watch yourself. Watch yourself. <laughs> the second thing, friends, that we are called to watch is we're called to watch for the coming of the Lord. What do we watch for? The coming of Jesus. Matthew chapter 24, verse 42, it says, Therefore keep watch, because you do not know on the day your Lord will come. How many of us know that Jesus is coming back? He says it. He told his disciples, he said, in the same way that I left, I'm going to come back. And there's so many parables where he talked about like the thief in the night and, and coming when nobody's expected. And then and, and through those parables, and you can go back and you read that in Matthew 24. All 24 is really awesome. It's a good, good chapter. And then in 42, he says, therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day you're. So we're supposed to watch for God. We're supposed to watch for the Lord. There's other scriptures that kind of coincide with that, talking about uh, watching for the Lord. But uh, this is one of my favorites, and this is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says, fix your eyes on Jesus. I love that verse. It's Hebrews 12, 2. Fix. Right? Have you ever, have you ever just stared at someone? Is that, have you ever had somebody stare? Okay, have you ever had somebody stare at you? Have you ever been like sitting there like at a restaurant, and you look over, like someone's looking at you, and you look away, you look back at your menu, and then you look, and they're looking at you again, and then you feel like kind of awkward? You're like, why is this person staring at me? I mean, you must be good looking, or maybe you got something stuck in your hair, or I don't know. <laughs> like, like, maybe, I don't know. Anybody ever had that happen where you're like in public and somebody is, and you kind of feel a little, you feel a little awkward? <laughs> 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 ladies man, Papa Frank over here. He can't go in public without the ladies trying to give them their phone numbers. Uh, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, friends, God, if we're, if we're fixing our focus on him, that's gonna, it doesn't make him feel awkward. 
Like he actually wants us to focus on him. Because what happens is sometimes we focus on others, we focus on problems, we focus, we, we, we put our attention on all these things, but Hebrews just wants to remind us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer perfecter of our faith. And then it goes on and it, and it shares this beautiful uh, kind of uh, a picture. It says, for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Listen to this. This man, he was crucified. He died. The scripture said that he was hanging on the cross. When you, when uh, all of the uh, people who have done like new, like studies and times and all this other stuff, because it kind of gives us a scenario in, in Matthew, like, like what time he was on the cross, what time the, the, uh, the dark hour was, and then what time uh, he actually said, um, you know, it is finished. And it was about a six hours time span. Can you imagine? I mean, I stub my toe when I want to cry like a baby. Can you imagine Jesus himself, right, hanging on a cross for six hours, right, with, with these uh, huge piercings through his, through his hands and through his feet, and, 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 he's, uh, and he's gasping for breath, and he's completely naked, and he's doing that, because, and, and it says it was for the joy set before him. How many of us say, man, that beating sure felt good. I'm so happy about that. <laughs> when was the last time you got into a scrap? Maybe it was when you were in, in high school or maybe middle school, and you're like, man, that felt good. It says for the joy set before him. Why would, he, why would there be joy set before him? Because he knew by doing that, that we would be with him forever. Come on. Beautiful. So what do we watch? That's why I want to just keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, because, man, he's the lover of our soul. He's amazing. What else do we watch? The scripture talks about for us, it tells us to watch and pray. You know, you remember that thing? Prayer. <laughs> Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, it says, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen. Can I get amen? amen. And I love that he even teaches us how to pray. He says, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray that probably every day. I say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my family. Your kingdom come, your will be done. In this church, your kingdom come in, and I'll, I'll usually name people's names and just kind of like, your, your kingdom come, your will be done, right? And then I don't usually say, give us this day. To me, that, I, that seems a little demanding, and that's just me. I just say, thank you, God, for this daily bread. That's just my, my rendition, because I'm like, I ain't going to tell God what to do. <laughs> give me my bread. No, I'm like, Lord, thank you. <laughs> thank you for, you know, again, that's me. That's just a, that's just a little, little quirk on me. You don't have to start doing that. That's Josh Hester. I'm like, thank you, Lord, for this daily bread. I know you provide for me. Thank you. You know, and then obviously forgive us of our sins as we forgive those. I mean, it's just, I love the fact that the picture of, of, the, of the Lord's Prayer just kind of encompasses all these areas that we can target. And it's perfect. Jesus taught us how to do it. Forgive us of our sin as we forgive those who sin against us, right? That's incredible. I was just telling, I was just telling a, a buddy of mine uh, a few days ago, because um, he was like really, really having a hard time about, uh, messing up. And I said, the scripture says that a righteous man falls seven times. It doesn't say wicked man. Righteous, righteous man. Like, like you're doing, you're, you're, you're trying to do the right thing. You're a righteous man. The, 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 we're, we're, what needs to be, uh, it's a problem is if you don't get up. If you don't get up, that's what the problem is. Like the problem isn't in, in falling. I mean, Peter said, how many times do I, do I forgive my brother when he sinned against me? like seven times? He's, and Jesus is like, no, seven times seven or 77 times seven or however you want to say it. So he's like multiple times, meaning that there's going to be multiple times that people fail you. And guess what? There's going to be multiple times that you fail others. And there's going to be multiple times you fail yourself. And there's going to be multiple times where you feel like you fail God. And that's fine. He told his disciples, 
forgive us of our sins, right? Not, okay, you're good, and now you're sinless. Nope. <laughs> no deal. I know, okay, I beat that down. So let's keep going here. So watch and pray. There's other scriptures that talk about that. Corinthians talks about watching and pray. And then it says, watch out. There's verses that, that say, so, so we're not supposed to be spectators. There are things that we are supposed to watch. We're supposed to watch our own life. Okay, we're supposed to watch for the coming of the Lord. We're supposed to watch in prayer. First uh, um, Corinthians sixteen thirteen talks about being watchful and thankful, but then it also talks about watching out, and then it gives all of these different things. There's multiple things in the Scripture where it talks about what we should watch out for, but these are just a few of them. And so when he says well, well, these are some things that we're supposed to watch out, right? Watch out against greed. That's an ugly green monster. How many of us know that the Lord has blessed us with abundant resources so that we can bless others? Come on. I believe, I believe one of the reasons why, why America is so prosperous, is so blessed, so that we, we should be using our resources for others, right? I mean, we really should. Um, and I'm not going to get into all that. Uh, Matthew, right? Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 says, watch out for false prophets. What's a false prophet? A false prophet is somebody that, that selfishly wants you to follow them. How do you know Josh Hester isn't a false prophet? Come on. Right? If, the only way you would know is you got to know the truth. 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 Because if you don't, then you're going to join a cult, and then it's going to be all bad for you. <laughs> Second, Second John chapter 1 Verse 8, it happens all the time. People join cults every day. Come on. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I know a few people who've been in cults. Man, that stuff was a hot mess. Therapy that they have to go through after that? Why bother? Don't you know, just stay away from cults. Look at your neighbor say, please don't join a cult. Like, just don't. Just don't join it. Save yourself therapy, bills. It'll be better for you. Okay. <laughs> oh, um. I'm special. Second, <laughs> Second John 1.8, it says, this is what we're supposed to watch out. Watch out that we don't, that we don't lose what we've worked for. There's, there's numerous scriptures that talk about that you could put all of this energy into work, and then you could have it taken from you, or somebody can steal it away. And so it says, watch out that you don't lose what you've worked for. And how do you do that? You've got to watch your own life. Okay, Romans, and then again, Romans chapter 16, verse 17, says, watch out for those who cause division. Because there's people, how many of us know that no matter where you're at, what church you're in, whatever's going on, there's always going to be uh, something that is going to want to cause division. I mean, I think in our country today, I mean, I'm seeing some of the greatest division I've ever seen. It's crazy. So, I mean, if we can't be, if, if as, a, as a culture and as a nation and as a society, if we can't be conquered from outside, man, we sure are destroying ourselves from within, aren't we? And it's, the same, and it's the same thing. And that's for your church. That's for your family. That's for your marriage. That's for everything. Okay, watch out for those who want to cause division. There will be people in your life that will just try to be divisive. Okay? All right. So those are all the things that we're supposed to watch out. So then the question is, is how do we not become a spectator? How do we not become a spectator? Well, number one, I'm going to go ahead and just throw this out there. Friends, I believe that we need to be discipling others. Because this is the thing. If you're, pouring your, if you're pouring and investing your life into others and you're busy about 
uh, doing uh, this type of business. You're, you're busy about challenging people, encouraging people, strengthening people, uh, having them grow in their faith, having them grow in their lives. If you're doing that, then friends, uh, then it, it's, it, it makes it more difficult to be a spectator. Because instead of being one who's just sitting there watching other specs, you're actually engaged. You're actually involved. You're fighting the fight. You're, 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 you know what I mean? Like you're doing something. And if you're, and if you're that bored, and if, you're, if you need, if you need uh, more uh, entertainment in your life, then create a family because kids will keep you busy. You, are you bored? We can help with that. You can actually borrow some of my kids if you want. <laughs> as long as you feed them, have a good time with them, let them show you how much they are expensive. <laughs> I say that in jest, but friends, but in all serious note, if you're an older saint in here, you should be investing in younger, younger people. Really, like seriously, like, I, like, like we need, we need, we need, Fathers, spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers, spiritual grandfathers, spiritual grandmothers, willing to invest in this in this next generation. This, I mean, I mean, statistics are showing us. I mean, just like all the stuff that they're going through and all the stuff that they're dealing with, and how uh, faith-wise, I mean, this next generation that's come up has has the least amount of faith ever. First time in history that we are under fifty percent as a as a nation. We're no longer a Christian nation any longer. And it's not about all that stuff. But what it has to do with, to me, as a person who is a pastor and a leader and, and a part of the church that says, we're not doing our job, okay? Disciple others. How, how to not be a spectator? You're investing in people's lives, right? You're pouring into people's lives. Number two, how to not be a spectator is be busy about the kingdom, be busy about the Father's business. Friends, there is plenty to do in the kingdom. Say amen. amen. Plenty. I remember one of our uh, uh, guest speakers um, who said one time, and he's from Alabama, it's not a phrase that I would use, but it's a phrase they use in Alabama, brought it on up to Toledo. He says, you got more ministry than you can shake a stick at. <laughs> I don't really know what that means. But, okay. But, but I know, I know that there's, there's a lot to, to do, okay? There's lots to do, okay? Be about the Father's business. Friends, there's plenty to do. If you are bored, go paint our nursery. Like, if you're bored, like, serve in kids' church. Like, if you're bur- bored, be part of our greeting team. Uh, help them collect and put out signs every weekend. Help clean this place. Help Sarah with the coffee bar. I mean, start a Sunday. Uh, we've, given, we've given people just, uh, we're like, you know what? We're not like those where you have to go through all of these things. to Start a Bible study in your house. Like, like start something. Do something. Start a Bible study on Sunday mornings here. Like, set up some chairs outside and do it right I mean, you can. You have the freedom to do whatever you want to do. Serve in our Vision Kitchen. If you're bored, you're like, you know what? I want to go serve the poor. We got plenty. Serve in Vision Kitchen. Start an evangelism team. You can start here right in Waterville or start, you know, in, in your neighborhood. Come to Tuesday Night Prayer. I mean, there is plenty to do. How you? One of the things, reasons become spectators is because they're not actually fully doing work. Because you're tired. Because you know what? After, after I've poured my life out to others at the end of the day, I don't have enough energy to get on Facebook and say, you guys all suck. Like, I just, I don't have it, right? Like, 
I'm, I'm like, man, I'm really feeling this 43 here because uh, I just had somebody who, like, they, they rented a, a movie, and, and I have their account, and, and so I'm trying to watch this movie, and I fell asleep. I'm like, I can't even watch a movie late at night anymore. What is going on here? I envy y'all. I mean, I used to be able to stay up till 2 and 3 in the morning. I can't do it no more. 10, 30, 11 o'clock? Dude, I'm like, Ugh. Try to watch a series, you got to rewatch the same episode like three times? Like, what? Really? Like, come on. <laughs> That's terrible. My goodness. Be busy about the kingdom, right? Not just like busy about, you know, other stuff. And we're going to, so, and that's what, that's what Paul, that's what uh, uh, Peter was uh, talking about in 1 Timothy chapter 5, because this is the thing, friends. Um, let's just read that. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 13 through 14. That's why I said be, be busy about the kingdom. Uh, he's talking about these type of people, and he calls them this word, he calls them idlers. That's an interesting term, isn't it? An idler, like, like, er, like that means you're doing it. So, so they have an er of being idle, like. Like your, <laughs> your verb is doing nothing. <laughs> it's, it's, like your action is is nothing. Like you know, like you remember those action words we learned in you know, like jump, run, you know, all those things. <laughs> so like your action is is like you do nothing. Like that's your action. So he says, besides that, they learn to be idlers. Going about from house to house, not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies, right? That, because they're not doing anything, so they're going from house to house, and they're just going to be talking about how everybody is doing, how everybody ain't doing this right, and this and that and the other, and yada, 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 Busybodies saying what they should not think. See, my wife has been married to me for 22 years now, and I thank you that she's still my greatest fan. Thank you for that. Because I, sometimes I, I know. No, honey, yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I'm corny. I'm corny. I get. I know. I know. I know when I'm funny, and I know when I'm not. So, so I, I appreciate. I appreciate that you've come over to, to my side of the humor. Thank you. Um, I remember. I remember when I first. Yeah, I remember when we first got married. I wasn't that funny, but now I'm. Now I'm hilarious. So thank you. <laughs> so verse 14. It says. So, so I would have, and he's, he's talking, I would have younger uh, widows marry, bear children, right? Wait, 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 said, yeah, you bored? Go have some kids, like, right? <laughs> That's what I said, right? Manage their own households, he says, and give the adversary no occasion for slander. <laughs> That's so funny. I just like, realized that just now as I'm saying them, like, Paul said, are you bored? Go have some kids. <laughs> That's amazing. That's incredible. That's just so fun. That's just funny. Anyways. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. I know. We've questioned some of that. Like, how are you going to come at me, Paul? You didn't have a wife. Like, how are you going to come at me? Like, you don't, you don't know nothing. But it was breathed by God. Okay? Obviously, revelation. God can give you. You don't have to have experience, even though we all want experience, right? And God spoke straight to him. Okay, so finally. So friends, in order to not be a spectator, pour into people, disciple others, be busy, like about the kingdom, not like busy body, like what it's saying here. And, uh, and then finally, number three, mind your business. Mind, see, so you, you, can't, you can't pronunciate 
all of the letters. You got to say, mind your business. <laughs> mind, your, mind your business. Right? Mind your business. Man, how awesome would the world be <laughs> if we were able to just keep our mouth shut? Wow. You want, you, you want to try to practice something for your, the rest of the entirety of your life? Practice shutting up. <laughs> I'm telling myself this. Mind your business. James chapter 1, verse 26 says this. This is why we got to mind our business. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongue, they do what? Deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Wow. Wow. You can't tell me. If, you, if you're like, man, I'm reading the Bible and, and it's not really doing anything. Oh, what Bible are you reading? Because if you're, I mean, if you're reading the scriptures and you're applying it to your own life and you're, and you're saying, God, I want to grow. I want to I I I honor you. I wanna, I, I wanna, you're, you, you come across stuff like this and you're like, oops. <laughs> Whoops. Basically, James is saying that everything that you believe doesn't mean anything if you can't shut your mouth. <laughs> you you want to get spit fired from James, from the uh, the Bible? Go to the book of James. He just do 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 do. I mean he go, I mean he just will give it. Last verse here. This is First uh, Corinthians chapter six, verse nine through ten. Again, more scripture taken out of context because people like to just take things and then throw them at people. Okay, so if you're gonna take a verse, take the verse in its entirety. Look at this. Okay, he's talking about who will not inherit the kingdom of God. Oh, we forgot this little word. You know, we're all about like sexual immoral and idolatry and all this other stuff and drunk drunkards. But what about a slanderer? That's why I highlighted that. What? Oh, we don't like to talk about that. It says this. Listen to this, friends. This is why we have to keep a tight rein on our tongue. Slanderers will, okay, it says, okay, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. It says, do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? And then he gives a list of all these things. He says, do not be deceived. And he gives all these lists. It's funny how people like to just like throw scriptures out at people. Like throw the scripture at yourself. I know, when was the last time you spoke bad about somebody and had somebody else's name in your mouth? I mean, we, I mean, there's, I mean that's why there's songs and, and you know, and we, we do all these little Bible verses and all this other stuff because... One of the things that I was learned, learned. <laughs> one of the things that I was taught and that I learned uh, at uh, Solid Rock from uh, in, uh, incredible leaders there, which you know now in Florida and, and yada yada, is uh, they talked about they talked about Matthew 18, and what they talked about and what they they shared is like this whole process of you know like like kind of, and this is this is one thing that that um, Shannon Step used to say is she would say when people would come to her about information about somebody else she was like can I quote you on this. <laughs> can I quote you? Because you have their name in your mouth and you're saying all this stuff about them. Can I quote and say you said this? <laughs> Woo. Uh, if you could say no, <laughs> then uh, let's keep our mouth closed. I just want to go back one more time to James chapter 1, verse 
26, it says, those who consider themselves religious, yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongue, deceive themselves. And so this is why it's the oldest trick. One of the oldest tricks in the book is, friends, is that, is that we are spectators, meaning, meaning we are looking at the speck in other people's eyes. We're looking for their flaws. We're looking for their weaknesses. We want to blast it on Facebook without looking at ourselves. And so that's the courage. That's the encouragement uh, for us today, friends, is that we would actually take time and allow the work to be done in and through us then, then, in a loving and a compassionate and in a gentle way, you can help somebody else through their situation. Let's pray today. God, I just thank you that, Lord, your, your word, uh, God, it's not condemning. God, it's not, um, it, it's not meant to beat people up. It's not, God, it's not to tear people down. But, God, your word is meant to build us up. It's meant to encourage and strengthen and edify. Yes, exhort. And, yeah, yeah, that we can, we can be challenged and that maybe there's some areas in our life that, that is out of alignment. Maybe, maybe we, we are like the ones who, who uh, we use our tongue. Uh, both praises and curses come out of our mouth. And, 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 uh, and in James, it says, my brothers, this shouldn't be. And so, so we use our, our tongue to, to, to uh, speak and edify God, but then we use it to curse others. And Lord, we don't want to be like that, God. We don't want to be the hypocrite that Jesus talks about, God. We want to be people who walk in humility, that God, that don't think that, that, that our own stuff doesn't stink. God, that, that isn't full of arrogance. God, that isn't full of pride, that isn't full of hypocrisy. God, we don't want to be people that are, that are filled with all of these different things, God, that, that, uh, that is there to try to trip us up. As we're learning about how the Satan might try to outwit us, and I've seen that, God. I've seen, I've seen where people, they fall into the cycle, and then they find themselves on an endless journey of criticism and being critical of others. And can anyone ever speak any truth to them because they're right and the entire world is wrong? And, Lord, we don't want to be those type. God, we don't want to be that type. We don't want to be critical of others, God. We don't want to be critical of ourselves. We don't want to beat ourselves up. So, Father, right now, right where you're sitting, friends, just uh, speak to the Lord. I'll give you just a few minutes and just talk to God. And if there's anything that was spoken today that kind of resonates in your heart, just talk to God about it. Just take a few minutes. Thank you, God. We love you, Lord. You love us, God. And as you're, as you're kind of talking with God and just, if there's any hypocrisy inside my heart, God, I just repent and I ask that you would remove it in the name of Jesus. Remove the hypocrisy from my own life, God. Forgive me. I want to deal with my own log. <laughs> I want to deal with my log. I want to deal with my stuff. 
I want to be busy discipling and pouring into other people's lives. God, I want to be busy about your kingdom. I want to be, be my, I want to mind my own business. I, I want to do all these things. And, and God, and I want to build meaningful relationships with, with others that I can have the authority to speak life into their life from a place of victory and from a place of, of humility, God. So, Lord, we thank you for all this. God, I pray for, for those that are in here today that are feeling discouraged. Uh, God, maybe, they're, maybe they're, uh, the anxiety is, is, is a high level in their life. Uh, God, maybe they're dealing with depression. God, maybe there's just uh, maybe there's financial difficulty. God, maybe there's relationship strains. Lord, your word says the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard our heart and our mind. Even now, God, would you just extend the peace of God into the hearts and minds of your sons and daughters in this room today, right now in Jesus' name. The peace of God that transcends all understanding, guard your heart right now. Guard your mind right now. Know that he's with you. Know that he's for you. Know that he's fighting for you. The scripture says that Jesus is standing at the right hand of God, interceding for you. Friends, you're not alone. You're not doing this on your own. He's there. He's here. And he's for you. And I'm going to go ahead and pray the ironic blessing. You guys know that? Remember that? If you can, if you want to, you can say it with me if you want to. It's totally up to you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord, <laughs> may the Lord be gracious unto you. May the Lord's face shine upon you. May the Lord turn his face towards you. May he give you peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, friends. Thank you for joining with us today.